this is the audio podcast. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> it's show 35. I'm Samuel Freeman. I'm Scott McLaughlin. I'm, I'm Scott Hewitt. <laughs> and... are, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just freaked. Um, what is it? Show 35. These taps go to 11. To 11. Awesome. <laughs> awesome stuff. We're, we're not live. We're not, we're, well, we are live, actually, we're, in person. <clears throat> yes. But this podcast is not being streamed live. No, we, we've... Um, we took a step back in time and tried to broadcast from places we used to broadcast, but that was before we did the Just In TV thing, and the Just In TV thing just looks like it was going to work and failed at the last minute. And we're only here because Virgin stuffed up my uh, install. Because you've moved house and they got it wrong on the plugging Ooh. you in. Yeah, so there we go. Anyway. There we are. So who cares? So cool. we have, we have show notes. Show. Yep. Oh. Wiki.theaudiopodcast.co.uk is where the show notes are. Yeah. I'm just, I was just about to say that while I was bringing it up. Well, of course, why not? That makes perfect sense. (laughs) I'm going to open some tabs. There we go. I got some tabs open so we can have a look here. Uh, First of all, our first story um, Hiss and Roar have released the contact mic library of uh, a whole variety of recordings they've made using contact mics. There's loads of them, Um, it's pretty cool. There's nice. some really nice looking libraries in there. They've they've done some great work. Yep, yeah. yeah, Person Row have got some fantastic stuff and yeah, we like sound libraries, especially when they're well documented and I I want to know what it sounds like when you put a contact mic on, what looks like a symbol, and then attach what looks like a wick to a drill and combine these things. I can imagine it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only do they have their own documentation on the site itself with a Vimeo video and there's uh, samples that you can listen to if you want to as well, but there's also a post at The Music of Sound as well, which is, has even more detail about what they've done. Yep. So you you really can, you know, see it all, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, it's kind of nice. Do either, either of you guys use contact mics? I took a look at the other yeah, yeah, I've done a load, but never with the nice, nice expensive contact mics that these guys have got. These guys have got some serious-ass mics. I've only ever used those nasty little piezo ones, which, which you know, are really useful for certain things. When I mean, you want to get nice distorted sounds out of hitting your cello and stuff like that, but these guys have really captured something good. Yeah, no, that's cool. I took a listen to some of their other libraries, too, to the uh, the ambience libraries and that. Mm. They're sticking microphones down into... into cracks in the rocks as the wave comes through the seas and uh, as the waves crash in New Zealand. Very nice. Very nice. That's cool. I, as always, I love, read, I love reading through the uh, the lists of various things. So bike chain friction, cardboard, yep. scrapes, crowbar, fast, mesh wire, one hit, metal cage, metal roof iron. It's nice. I like well, a couple of little uh, SoundCloud clips that they've got there are really mm. nice as well, just to give you gives you a really good example, a good feeling for what they've done. Uh, the sound quality just sounds great on them. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, I there's a part of me that says, you know, shouldn't shouldn't we be recording our own sounds of these? But hey, I guess there are times when you need someone else's sounds to do these things. I guess for Foley artists, this stuff is really useful. And again, it's that whole, you know, one person goes out of their way to get to have or hire most expensive gear available and to put in all that hard work and these libraries come with all the metadata and stuff in there which 
I don't know about you, but my own sound collections never get as far as metadata editing. Yeah, it's maybe at a date. No. Yeah. And that's only if the record is set to the right date when <laughs> yeah. you're recording. The last modified date. Is, yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the created date is probably correct. <laughs> <laughs> or at least all relatively yeah, wrong. Yeah, the file name gets edited. Yeah. That's cool. Anyway, what I like as well is their. Um... Uh, sorry, I forgot you guys have me on a delay slightly. You're not hearing me till after I hear me. <laughs> Did you notice the uh, the article at the start that they link to about Alan Splett and Anne Crover's work on Dune? Yeah, yeah. that's a really nice little link. Mm. I think we spoke about talked about that in one of the very earlier earliest shows. We talked about their work that work there. So, I think so. Yeah, I, I remember if I remember correctly about that. Well, it, it's available to buy. You can obviously check it out on the site. That's cool. At ninety nine dollars US for well. Uh, 7.4 gigs worth of files. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a... yeah. yeah. There we go. Should we go on to our next item? Because this is more sound libraries. More sound libraries. So this is making of the of Boom Medieval Weapons. <laughs> boom. That's cool. Yeah, we, we Didn't like... we look a little bit at something like this before? Well, we, we, actually, we, we actually reported on the releasing of the Medieval Weapons. Yeah, but so this is. Ah. But this is a question and answer session with the people who released the medieval weapons. Nice. <laughs> yeah. App apparently, you can actually hear who knows how to fight with a sword and who doesn't by the sound of it. There you go. Th this is going to be a lot of fun, though, isn't it? Like, grab your medieval weapon of choice, welly something with it while recording it. I've seen it. I understand how these libraries get made a lot more than how a contact li contact mic library gets made. So you're suggesting that... Wouldn't you say... Go, Scott. No. <laughs> I was just saying, you mean um, you understand how they made them or what they made them for? No, no. What, what I mean is I understand how, you know, the way that my mind works, how this comes about is really simple. Wouldn't it be fun to, you know, it begins like this. Wouldn't it be fun to, uh, you know, club my friend with a foam weapon? Oh, I wonder how we can get somebody else to pay for that to happen. Oh, let's use a real weapon and record it. And hence the recording begins. Whereas the, you know, with something like a contact mic library, that's, you know, that process for me is, wouldn't be there really. There you go. It's not quite so many medieval weapons involved. Not quite so much. Well, there's more, I was going to say not so much contact, like as in contact sport, but we were comparing it to contact mics, so I won't say that. If we had a, how about a contact mic on the shield as you hit it with your medieval weapon? That would be pretty authentic. That's it. I'm trying, I, I was thinking about, um, you're saying about foam weapons. I mean, can we, can these sounds libraries be like synced up to some sort of like Wii controllers or something so you can have invisible sword oh. fights with authentic sounds? That'd be awesome. I don't know. A binaural recording as well, and you got it on headphones. That'd be sweet. You could mount the headphones into a big helmet. Oh, this is awesome! This is a product we should make. <laughs> this is what they should do with their time. They should make this. So let's just summarize it. We want a, uh, and then we'll move on very quickly. For people who are listening to the podcast, we're sorry we've become very distracted. But um, 
what we're gonna have is a pair of headphones in your in your helmet in your knight's helmet, in your knight's your helmet, knight's helmet. Suit of armor and then helmet. you get your plastic weapons which are possibly we might well the Wii's Wii's due for a discontinuation eventually isn't it i guess this christmas is the last christmas of Wii, so there'll be lots of Wiimotes lying around you can get them with your shield and your weapons and then when you fight people you get authentic sound effects in your, yeah. in your helmet we'd be able to branch out as well perhaps into you know i don't know other other genres, lightsabers, that sort of stuff. Well, there was, there is the MacSaber app, isn't there, where you can wave your um your MacBook around and it uses the accelerometers that are inside to make yeah. lightsaber sounds. I, I presume there's That's iOS good. equivalent yeah. out there. That is absolute genius. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be awesome. <clears throat> anyway, um, if you want, yeah. So the making of boom medieval weapons. It's it's a fun article, which is the reason we spoke about it. Again, it has. You know, a whole load of recordings available to listen to, and obviously you can go buy the full thing if you want to, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Uh, part of the reason for our show being named the reason it is is because Amplitude goes to 11. Um, so, yep, Friday just past was the 11th of the 11th, 2011, and to celebrate this and the um, the spinal tapness of, of that, I think, uh, yeah, going I to like 11 it. is, um, yeah, Amplitude have have an offer on for the next for 11 days so it's on till the 22nd of november yeah and you get 45 percent off which, which makes them 10.99 and that's for the um the iphone or the ipod touch etc there we go normally no i'm saying that's blatantly just a, a we basically just ran an advert for somebody without even like consciously thinking about it or doing it or being paid to do it actually yeah we we, we don't receive anything to no. but i thought it was i like the uh you know ghost to 11 i like that i thought that was fun and it ties in with things yet to come so and our show title which is obviously based on things that are to come <laughs> it's an example of our time travelingness. awesome shall we move on <laughs> that's let's ozone 5 is released awesome and the site loaded without crashing my browser which is also nice it, it, well, it almost crashed mine earlier um so this is the mastering suite from Isotope. Indeed so. And it's released o- Ozone 5, uh, 199 until December, and Ozone 5 Advanced 599 until December. So there's some pretty good deal pretty good deals on it. Yeah. There we go. I wait. Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> this is a, a I've never used Ozone. I have um I can see from the website that it has lots of spectral tools as might be useful for mastering. But you know, I can't, I can't um, add much to the I I've used a, I've used an earlier version of Ozone uh, a couple of times and found it was pretty it, it's very easy to use and it well it's it's very easy to get some functionality out of it. There were definitely times where I felt that what was available I could have you you could do in other ways less elegantly perhaps, mm-hmm. and as as a general rule, I'm not really a big fan of these kind of complete. Like I'm saying, they refer to them refer to themselves as a complete mastering system, and I, I often think that when you have this kind of end product, it's like, and now I'm going to push my mix through this end product. It can quite often kind of drive you down a sort of very similar route to all for all things. You, you know what I mean? It's like we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, and do do do, and I sometimes think it. If if I'm kind of preparing something for that endpoint, I like to do it a bit at a time and with less of a, and then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do this kind of workflow to it. More of a, 
I'll actively have to go and choose the things I want to get if if I want to kind of get them, sort of thing. Do you think this? Um, it 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 always amazes me that the kind of mastering kind of final stage it still exists as such a such an entity now because I I do wonder how if you consider in the old days where the mix engineer would kind of would would produce the kind of thing and it would be fairly fairly aggressively mixed down already and then it would go to mastering and the mastering was basically maybe an optimizing would be balancing tracks and optimizing levels across tracks whereas nowadays it seems to me that that workflow is largely redundant in that so much stuff is non you, you don't mix a track for the album very you know nowadays very much you mix every track to stand individually anyway mm. But then also, because of the environments you're working in, you can send your entire session to somebody else to deal with it. So it's not like the old days of limitation where here's, you know, here's your quarter-inch reel and that's all you can fit on it sort of thing. And you would have to bounce lots of stuff down to physically get it for transit. And so it just intrigues me that these kind of... Because it's still there. Like I, I just wonder how it continues to persevere in such a way. Can I jump in on this one? Yeah, of course, cover. Yeah, the I can I completely agree with you on that. That the we're working off a paradigm from the older type of technology. But this is something that a lot of media theorists and technology theorists talk about in general. Like, yeah, as soon as we switched over to computers, the first thing people started talking about was trying to turn them into older types of media, like telephones and televisions and stuff like that. That the whatever the new medium is always gets represented first in its in whatever the previous medium was. So it'll be interesting to see when the next generation of people who've grown up with this kind of technology do is try and find native ways to, native workflows and native ways to think about this. But I, I think in, to some extent this is already happening. Um, I mean, the, the Reaper, Reaper DAW, uh, if, I'm, if I haven't got this wrong, the, all the there's no such thing as auxiliaries or sends or anything in that 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 workflow doesn't exist. They just every track can be a send or a receive for anything else. I think that's an example of people starting to think past the the previous paradigms. Yeah, that, that's very true. I I think I, I guess you have to be careful when we start rejecting some of these paradigms that we don't reject them and then add in complexity because conceptually for me it's 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 really handy being able to think about things like auxes and buses and groups and sends and receives and stuff. Cause it makes, it makes sense having came from an analog technology position. It makes sense to have that stuff there, but then at the same point to, to limit work, the workflow unnecessarily is, you know, is always a nightmare. I think the greatest illustration, cause it's interesting how many of these techniques existed in the analog domain and they were just the kind of preserve of the magicians for, for want of a better phrase. Because I remember working on I, I remember working on things and I would grab a jack you know, you'd grab a jack cable and come out of a direct out and go straight into another channel and you'd be using it for particular there would be particular reasons to do that. And you know, I mean like I'm trying to think of one of the classic ones would be um if you were gonna do a mid side recording or something like that and you wanted to do a an inverted, a polarized inverted, and you were going to record straight to stereo, then, you know, that's inevitably how you did it. You came out a direct out, did the inversion on the input, and then carried, carried on to two channels. But, and it, so those techniques were always in existence. And I think it's great that something like Reaper gives you a lot of that very flexible functionality immediately in place, which is kind of nice to work with. Whereas some of the other doors are so stringent to this is how it was on a analog hardware, hence this is how it should be in here, that you, 
you find there's real thing things that are just really complicated to do and they don't well hopefully they shouldn't need to be so complicated what was it you're thinking sam so it's interesting with that in mind to think of of the mastering paradigm as well so i, I have to just keep talking or i know that the delay will just move me out but <laughs> when we deal with the with the mastering side of things that there are certain processes that are best applied to stereo mixed down tracks and there are processes that will previously have been done in mastering that can now be done more effectively by just reaching back into the individual audio tracks and doing them in there. So the paradigm still has some value. It's just where the technology allows us to build one button box presses, black boxes that just instantly create mastering and add this magical mastering powder fairy dust onto your track, which I think is a big selling point for a lot of people. And I'm not laying that on ozone because I've not used ozone, so I don't know. But the idea of that is, is still quite attractive, I think. I think that going from what you said, that it's like any tool. Yes, you can take it out of the box and slap it on and it will make it sound... Louder. Louder, yeah. You know, now it's been mastered. Whereas if you know what you're doing, you'll be able to go in and really make the most of it. So <coughs> I'll take the cough as an agreement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome stuff. Well, anyway, Ozone is released... Um, and available it's discounted from now through to december so they go if you want to get it you can get it there there is a try option as well so you know i mean you could give it a try we should maybe start doing that you know like try take you know we should abuse more of these demos options just for you know in the name of research for the show there you go that's something i'm going to attempt to do i put that on my list of things we promise to do in the future but won't bother doing cool no we will try let's not be so much like that uh, let's see what's up next. Uh, Fruity Loops Studio Performance Mode. Cool. Oh, I thought this was really ace. I hope you guys didn't have anything else to say about that because I've just obviously left there. So. No, no, that's good. Um, this looks like so Fruity Loops. Fruity Loops has always existed like a parallel universe to what's going on, isn't it? It's always there, always going, always advancing, <laughs> always changing, but always separate from everything else. You notice that we've immediately committed the uh, the, the the cardinal sin that the guys there would like us to stop doing because we're meant to refer to it as FL Studio, aren't we? I oh, think. sorry, FL Studio. Yeah. They they always call it. It's always FL Studio and everything, and everybody's like FL Studio. What's that? So that'd be Fruity Loops then. Yeah. And that's the thing. I always remember. I remember when I first got into this. It was like Fruity Loops was the the fun toy that everybody played with, but you were kind of encouraged to to use Pro Tools or Cubase or Logic or Sonar or, or something else instead. Mm -hmm. And I, Fruity Loops was always fun, man. If you want to, like, put some beats down for a laugh, it was always great fun. Yep. I, I think it continues to be great fun. So they're, they are adding in a... Well, the team are working on a performance mode and they've released some, released some alpha testing videos as to what this could be. And they're requesting feedback from people, so... Is there something in Fruity Loops you do all the time that you would want to be able to do in a performance situation, which you can't currently do? That's the kind of comment they'd like you to re return to them. That's great. Or are you looking for some kind of live loop performance thing that... I was going to say, are, are they encroaching a little bit on Ableton's territory with this, but still being able to do it in a way that is different from what Ableton do? I, I would say... Um, I, I would say they they probably are encroaching on their on their territory. I noticed that it looks like they're using a launch pad. Yeah, I spotted that at the bottom. That was <laughs> one be, of the one yeah. of the videos is a is a is Touch OSC Touch Touch Ask from an iPad, and then one of the other videos is a launch pad. So they're definitely um, 
definitely moving kind of in that sort of domain. I guess live is the kind of competitor they're looking at in this sort of sphere. But with, you know, live obviously has its focus, whereas Fruity Loops has a different kind of core interface to it, I guess. But then they're building a new interface, so maybe they are. The thing that impressed me about the Fruity Loop, um, the video, the alpha video, is that I saw the alpha video and I thought, oh, here comes a dance track. And it isn't. When, when you play it, it isn't. It's actually like, um, well, it, it isn't a kind of dance track, which is traditionally, you know, when you see somebody and they're going to just start triggering <laughs> off loops, you just figure it's going to be a dance track. And it wasn't. So I was kind of intrigued by th that in itself impressed me. The fact they are obviously kind of thinking of a different domain beyond just that kind of really obvious one. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Nobody else has listened to the video, have they? No. Oh, Sam, such shame. I have. I, I listened to both of them. Are you? And did you listen to the video? I, I was going to just argue against the whole dance music. Go for it, please. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's still kind of it's still kind of grid-based music, but they seem to have done it very effectively. The, the triggers are synced up to the next um, event or beat point or splice point or whatever it is. So there's a kind of rhythmic grid under there that everything just aligns to, which is really nicely done. It seems very effective. I like it. Oh, cool. I thought you were really going to argue against me there. I kind of felt disappointed. That was a weak argue against me. No, no. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't really an argument against you. It, it still sounds like dance music to me. <laughs> it still sounds like Fruity Loops. Still sounds like Fruity Loops. Okay. I, but not in a bad way. I, I'd like to propose that we go to the Google Music event and then we'll come back to the story that we're missing out in the show okay. notes. Just because just I feel it's going to flow better that way around. So, um, Gizmodo, though, basically the entire internet is reporting the fact that Google are having a, a launch event on the 16th of November, um, which is going to be about a thing. These go to 11, apparently. And it's, there we go. There we go. Thank you for that. Um, and it were well. I think it's kind of interesting because everybody's expecting it to be the Google Music service thing, and Google Music is going to basically allow downloads and stuff like that, and they're going to kind of do the Amazon Music, you know, digital audio locker and all that stuff's going to happen. I'm intrigued to personally. I'm intrigued. the The live stream is actually at YouTube.com/slash/Android, which isn't where I would have thought that would have been. So I, I wonder if it's going to be something a little different, but maybe they feel it all. Well, I, I mean, if you took those two things that you said, but took out that I didn't think it was going to be their part, then I would have accepted that. Why not? If if it is, if they're going to announce the Google Music service, which is all downloadable content and stuff, why not launch that through the Android? Fair enough. Maybe. maybe. I I just <laughs> I was just looking at a you know what I mean uh, an invite and it's just what it says there. Uh, you know. The th there's an interesting side story to all of this, which is basically that rumor has it that Google have managed to get some some people on some of the labels on board, not all of the labels on board, and are planning on going going without the labels or the labels on board, much in the same way that Amazon did. Mm -hmm. And just pointing out that there's an interesting problem for the content makers, and in this case, we refer to the big you know big industry players in that. They really need somebody to compete with iTunes, and arguably Google is one of the few companies out there who have the resources to compete with iTunes. So I wonder, mm -hmm. I I wonder it would be interesting. I'm saying, do you do you think there is there a need for an iTunes competitor? Do we want an iTunes competitor? Oh yeah, 
You think so? I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Sam's staying out of it. Well, let, let's have a quick show of hands. I'm saying I know we're all on Mac, which is gonna we're all we're all Mac users, aren't we here? But you know how many people are using uh, iTunes on their Mac? I do use iTunes. I don't yeah. like it, but I do use it. You, you don't like what? Don't you like about it? I'm not very good at using Pretty it. Pretty rare. You're not very good at using it. <laughs> <laughs> that's your number one. It, that's a relative question anyway, because we well we all know that Apple doesn't really do focus groups. Well, maybe they'll start doing them, but you know, I mean, you don't know what it is you need. No, not unlike Fruity Loop Studio, um, FL Studio. I almost. <laughs> I think it's great that they're asking. Sorry to go back to that. I think that that's such like, it's, yeah. We're talking about this other thing. No, 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 sorry. Good talk. You know why not? I'm saying we're just rambling through the show today. I think. I I don't know. I an, an interesting competition is always good. Some competition in the marketplace is, is always important. That's a that's a very uh, very uh, right wing capitalist approach there. On well, I remember from an the unexpected thing I thought, source okay, was the Firefox guys always said that if if they hadn't have got their if they don't got angry and made Firefox, then we'd all be using Internet Explorer 2 or something. Because without Probably competition, it wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you imagine what Internet Explorer 2 would have been like? Oh, wow. wow. I, I, like, wow. I like the illustration very much. Yep. I, an experience I've realized is that coming, having now moved my kind of daily box onto a Linux build and not having iTunes on it, I've really struggled. I found a music player that I'm happy with, but I haven't found something to do the podcast stuff with yet. Oh, something that will bring in all the subscriptions and manage. Yeah, and manage all that. Because that's the one thing that I use iTunes for is to manage all, all of my podcasts, which is kind of cool. And our, our our stats on this on this show, I think it's like 98% of our listeners are using iTunes. Which is but that's stupid. not a particularly strong indictment of iTunes in itself. That's just saying that that's the dominant player. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe, maybe that's a good point. Cause... But I do take the point of that. Yeah. Did I see ind- indictment? I meant to say endorsement. Excuse endorsement, me. yeah. I don't know, maybe, you know, I, mean, I I think if, you know, Google are obviously trying to head into this space, aren't they? So we're, we're finding out what it looks like and then see. I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting to see how it comes, comes and that's, together. And they, that's, so we'll be able to talk about that next week because that's happening on yeah. Wednesday, isn't it? So yeah, so if you want to watch it live, you can watch it live and then we'll find out more about it. We'll talk about it more next week. There we go. Why not? Cool. Should we go to our final the, the final item then? Yep. So um, Sure are uh, running, um, are, are kind of trying to keep their blog up to, well, trying to maintain a blog and keep it up to date, which is pretty cool. And, um, Something they've just started is Pro Audio Myths, True or False, Part 1. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Myth number four. The SM58 hasn't changed in over 40 years. False. False. Oh. I think it's kind of interesting. And it's quite, quite... (laughs) In fact, all of these myths are false. Yeah. I think so. Oh, no. One of them said depends. Why would... If you're going to write an article, which is going to be... If you're going to write an article, which is going to be true or false... But isn't Why put it depends in? Because you wouldn't perceive these things as being myths if they're true. They're just things. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <See> that. <laughs> Do you think that's what happened? They wrote the article, wrote the title, and then somebody was like, oh, wait a minute. It can't, it can't be a myth if it's true. So really what you're saying is it pro-audio myths, all, fo- all false? 
all false well, would have been the is, correct. This is part term. one, and it was posted today, so I'm guessing we'll have to wait till tomorrow for a part two. Oh, tomorrow we don't so know. So maybe they'll have a whole load of depends and true myths tomorrow. Ooh. But is it a myth? It's <laughs> true. <laughs> Who knows? That's nice. I thought it was nice. Nice uh, microphones always sound better in the store. I didn't really believe. I've never really heard of that. Actually, I can't even remember the last time I was in a store where it was possible for me to try a microphone. Microphones sound better. Did, I mean, okay, I'm gonna try not. No, I, yeah. <clears throat> you know, if there's somebody Semantics out there, aside. I I don't know. I'm <laughs> there. I'm trying to think who there is. If there's a if there's somebody out there who's listening to this show who knows of a place where you can go and try out a microphone before you buy it, I'd be really keen on knowing about that, especially if they're in the UK. That that would be a cool thing to know about. Because I don't a, know if somebody who does it. But that's such a complicated thing, because the microphone's one in so many parts. It's part of the chain. It might be the first thing you place it in front of something, but you know, you're trying it out in the store, what are they going to have a special little... Microphone booth you can go into to test it. What are you gonna what what exactly you gonna be recording with this in this test situation? What well, are you gonna record onto? And then how are you gonna listen to it, Scott? I don't. All I'm saying, Sam, is there apparently is a myth out there which says that microphones always sound better in the store. And I didn't even know I could. I I can't even recall being in a store where it was possible to hear what the microphone sounded like. Not to mention any measure of betterness. So I'm, I'm just intrigued. Yep, I agree. Is this like clothes always fit better in the store? Oh, is that because of the thinning mirrors? Is that the thinning mirror <laughs> yeah, effect together? Yeah. The warped mirrors. Maybe that's what they... Oh, that'd be awesome. So you go in, you try out the microphone, and then you hit play to listen back to what you've recorded, and you don't actually hear what you've recorded. You just hear some sort of song <laughs> instead. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. You hear Elvis every time. Elvis. <laughs> that's great. They're like, yeah, so uh, sing anything you want to from this list. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that'd be that'd be great. Are there any other myths? Oh, we talked about and um, the the SM58 hasn't changed in over forty years. I thought it's cool that things like the paint have changed though. So it's done like that. Um, actually, talking about fifty eight. So, have any of you guys seen the knockoff uh, Chinese versions that are floating around supply at the moment? The of what fifty eight? Yeah, fifty eights. No? Oh, yeah. yeah, you get some knockoff fifty eights, and they weigh like nothing. Which is how you immediately tell, and they're just in, they fall like fall apart in your hands. It's those ones are that be that be nice. I've seen a few of those. It's kind of fun. I mean, this is obviously this is the Shaw UK blog, and they obviously want to talk about their own things. But I like the way that they've they put the title as Pro Audio Myths, True or False, and then it but it maybe it should be Shaw Equipment Myths. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, we're instructed at the end to watch out for Pro Audio Myths True or False Part 2. There's no time scale there, though. There is no time scale, no. They're not promising it any time. No. Mate, if, they, if they turn up tomorrow, though, that'd be ace. But, you know what I mean? Maybe they won't. This has been a very amusing article for us to talk about, though. I'd like to encourage <laughs> them like to write a, some more. I could keep going, but I don't want Shaw to hate us. I don't think Shaw to hate us. Oh, okay. Well let's, well, let's say something positive really quickly, okay. which is, you know... The SM58 hasn't changed in over 40 years. The fact that the SM58 continues to be a standard over 40 years is pretty impressive. Like, they are incredible mics. I'm, I'm quite happy to say that. Um, I, I do wonder how sure keeping business, actually, because of the fact that... They sell microphones that last forever. Yeah. Like, how <laughs> does that work? Because I, I, I have bought... Okay. 
personally, I've bought 158. For a variety of businesses I've been involved in and for jobs I've done, I've probably been involved in the purchase of maybe a couple of 158s. I cannot recall... No, no, that's not true. I've known one, uh, 158 died, and that's because it got knocked off a, it got knocked off a cable where it was hanging in the roof of a of a theater, and then it fell the entire height from the cross arch all the way down, and then into the orchestra pit, and then it got dropped. And as it hit the orchestra pit, they raised the flooring in the orchestra pit, and it got cut in half by the hydraulics as it went up. That's the only 58 I've ever recalled that I've ever had to replace. And that was actually in physically in two bits. The health and safety implications of what you just said are terrifying, Scott. No, no, it was okay because I, I, there was nobody anywhere near the stage. Because the hydraulics Because the moving. hydraulics were moving. So, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Otherwise, we would have been repositioning the mic in a different way. <laughs> but, um, but that's the only 58 I've ever had to replace. So how do they stay in business? I think that's a great, you know. Maybe people just buy lots of them just for fun. Should I be buying 58s just, just out of... Just to make sure this, they continue to They make continue them. making them. Well, I'll give you an example. My, my girlfriend really wants one. She's not a music te- technologist. She doesn't really use music technology for anything, but she just really wants one because they're really, really great microphones. She wants to learn beatboxing, and she's been told she needs an SM58 to beatbox. So there you go. Cool. And she is completely outside the universe of music technology. Memes are stronger than myths. That's yep. what it should have been called. Good. That's the title for a show. Wait a minute, I'm, I'm gonna get pro audio myths and sure memes. <laughs> <laughs> sure, if you want to do part two under that title, that's fine. We're good with that. That's no worries. That's yeah, a we're gonna call it that, whether you do or not. So. Yeah, that's nice. That's another thing we we said we're gonna do, isn't it? And then we're just not actually gonna we're gonna forget about. Oh. Should we go into the plunder anyway? Arr, arr. <laughs> Are we being compressed today? Probably not. It's just going to no. through. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh, technology failed today, everybody. It's not. Oh, yeah, it is actually. Isn't it? We've had some real triumphs. It's been going very smoothly with all sorts of different configurations of internet connectivity, and today could have been the simplest in a long while, and turned out to be a bit of a disaster. But hey, Let, let's do the plunder and then talk plunder. about how bizarre Sorry. it was. So first of all, um, this has been floating around a couple of places. It's not what it appears, but um, there's a link to Avid Occupy. There's now a a website called OccupyTheURL.com, which basically um, plasters we are the 99% over the top of your website of choice. Um, I thought with the whole kind of Pro Tools 10 plus Avid laying off a whole load of Digi support (laughs) stuff, this was kind of funny. So I've this for the first time. I haven't seen this till now. And yeah. That was that was me laughing out loud for you all there. That was that's, no. this is great. I've, it it is important to stress that this is entirely a you can put uh, any yeah, any yeah, any URL pick, you pick want to know so. and put yeah. that on there and and it will get occupied for the ninety nine percent. There they are, which which I thought was kind of fun, but you could put anything in there. It just I I kept it kept on coming up in all sorts of t- I, people kept on tweeting it at me and then it came across a couple of blogs and I was like, might as well just have it there. So. That's kind of fun. Anyway, that's just a bit of fun. We know those guys kind of understand that. We always how they do. And our other item is a is a movie. Press pause play. Have you guys seen the movie? No. <clears throat> but I will watch it on your recommendation, Scott. Oh, thank you, Archie. Other Scott, have you seen the movie? No. Have oh, you watched the trailer? 
So, no. So what's it all about? What's it all about? Press pause, play. I, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm going to recommend you watch it and a unique feature of it. Um, well, it, it's all about the kind of position of the artist in the modern in modern society and the enablement of technology to, to the artist. And one of the really neat things about it is the fact that you can actually BitTorrent it for free legally. This is. I was. Yep. I was about to say that I'm very happy that I'm presented with the option immediately to download this in various versions. There's no, yeah. So, and and this is part of the, this is part of how you know part part of the whole narrative. What they're saying is the fact that it, there's a really cool trailer which runs through it, which is kind of neat. But basically, they say you know, just about anybody can afford a, afford to get a video camera and therefore to go make a movie, and it's hard to stand out now rather than hard to start out which which i thought was an interesting summary i i would challenge a couple of things i you know if you live in the western world and are particularly well and are reasonably well off in the western world then it's certainly practical to do this there's a significant amount of the world which is incapable of doing these things but you know and yet still it's probably the sentiment that if you chose to do this you could people people often yeah, it's it's about choices what you choose to do with your money. Oh yeah, no, no entirely no. I, I've been I've been feel, I've been thinking very globally recently, so that's it. What do you think, Scott? I completely agree. Yeah, no, I've, it's something I should watch, and I think it's been on my list of things to watch. But uh, yeah, I'm in agreement. Awesome. Okay, well we've uh, we've made it to the end of the show notes. I think we should quickly comment about how ridiculous today's setup was. Yeah, especially the um the amazing delay that we have to Scott McLaughlin today, which um is who's located approximately fifty yards away. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. We've got like a it's almost it's almost eight seconds at times. We have an eight second delay across fifty yards on what is essentially an internally managed network connection. Whereas when we go across the wild internet we run like at two seconds. So that's that's a triumph. Yeah. Well, that's security for you. Indeed security. so. Indeed so. To those people who would expect to watch this show live, we well, we weren't there, so you couldn't watch it live, so you're listening to the podcast. We apologize. We did try. Yeah, we tried. There you go. I don't have anything else to say. Cool. All right. Well, I've been Scott here. Um, I'm done. Okay. I've been Samuel Freeman. I've been Scott McLaughlin. You'll hear me later in about eight seconds. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.